0: You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit harvestyorkregion.ca. Let's take our Bibles this morning and turn uh, again to Exodus 20. Exodus 20, as we continue in the series, The Ten Commandments. The message title today is, Putting Your Parents in Their Place putting their parents in your place. I can remember lots of time as a teenager growing up when uh, that was my goal. Um, my job, put you in your place because you've really messed this whole thing up and uh, Uh, The older I've got, the more I realized um, how much wisdom they actually had. They had no wisdom when I was a teenager, and then I started to see uh, so much. But I can remember times, it was like, oh, we got to get this fixed. I'm going to put you in your place. Well, today, the message is entitled, uh, Putting Your Parents in Your Place, and our desire is to do that. Honor your father and your mother. That's the place they deserve. And that's what God has called us to, and uh, so that's what we're going to desire to do as we open God's Word and as we look at it today. So you get your Bibles open now. Let's stand together. We want to honor God as we read His Word, and again, I'm going to read right through the entire passage so that we don't uh, lose a sense of uh, what all of the commandments are about and how this fits into it. Exodus 20, verse 1. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, "'but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. "'On it you shall not do any work, "'you or your son or your daughters or your male servant "'or your female servants or your livestock "'or the sojourner who is within your gates. "'For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth "'and the sea and all that is in them, "'and he rested on the seventh day. "'Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. "'Honor your father and your mother,' Now, when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of the lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and they trembled and they stood afar off and said to Moses, "You speak to us and we will listen to you, but do not allow God to speak to us, lest we die." And Moses said to the people, "Do not fear, for God has come to test you that that the fear of Him may be before you that you may not sin." And the people stood far off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness. Where God was. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you that we can hold in your hand, our hands, your very word, and we can read it, and, and Father, we can understand it. And then, Lord, as we hear your word this morning, we will be challenged to do it. And uh, so, Lord, as we take a look at, at this commandment, at this, this that was set down by you through Moses, confirmed in the New Testament for us, Lord, would you uh, give us a willingness to come under? This message will be hard for some to hear today. And I pray, God, you would be their helper and their strength and encourage their hearts as well. So go before us, lead us in your word, give us ears that we would hear, minds, God, we would understand your word, and then a passion, God, to live it out for your fame and for your glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You can take your seats. Well, as we get to this command, there's a change that's happening in the commandments. The first four commandments were very much vertical. They were very much for us to do directly with God. Um, The first one was no other gods. We're not to have any other gods uh, before him. Um, And the next one was about images. We're not to make any images. And we talked about what those will look like. We called that message God on the Mantle." And then we talked about not taking the Lord's name in vain. The message was called the name. And one of the key lines in it for us was watch your mouth. Watch what you say, especially when we're using the Lord's name or some kind of derivative of it. Watch your mouth. And then the uh, last week we took a look at, remember the Sabbath come to a full stop, full stop. And uh, I'm proud to tell you that um, on the Monday after the service, Sue and I were driving out to Oshawa, and I came to a full stop at every stop sign I came to. Um, I'm not sure that that's what the message was about, but I sir was reminded by that by my wife as we were traveling along. And, uh, but coming to a full stop in a Sabbath, remembering what the Lord has done, and that the, the Lord Jesus Christ, he truly is our Sabbath. But now the focus changes in the commands. Now the commands become more horizontal. And now they're more about relationships and how we live with each other. The first four were very much directed to our God and how we worship him. And now the commandments are about how we live in relationship with one another. And this one is honor your father and your mother. I just want to say as we dive into this, I realize that uh, for some, this message will be very difficult to hear. Um, As a matter of fact, some of you, when you found out what the text was, you might have wondered whether you even wanted to come to church today Uh, because of hurts, because of pain, because of things that were done. And uh, I want to tell you that God's word is God's word, and I will preach it, proclaim the authority of God's word without apology, but I want to make sure we do it in a loving way, understanding that it's not always easy to hear and God still calls us to respond uh, to His word and uh, to be obedient. And so, with God's help, I will seek to do that um, and um, understand the pain that some people can live in in the midst of even this kind of a of this kind of a command. So here's where it goes. It starts out by honor, honor. So the what, the what is honor? So what is honor? What does it mean? It means to show respect. It means to prize. It means to revere. It means to show great value. It means to remember them. Honor. It happens in action, in word, and in deed. It's important for us to understand when it says honor your father and your mother, that honor is a verb. It's a verb. It requires action. And so you're coming here today and you're here today and you're hearing God's word and what you are being called to do requires action. It's not a passive thing. It's not a thing to think about. It's not a concept. It's something that we are as followers of God, especially followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, we are called to do. It's a verb. It's also a command. It's one of the commandments, which means it's not optional for us. We must do this. And regardless of the pain or regardless of the struggle, we're still called by God to do this. It won't always be simple. It won't always be pleasurable. It won't even necessarily be reasonable. However, to refuse to do this brings with it consequences because then we become the one who is disobedient to what God is calling us to do. And when we don't honor our parents, we end up with a root of bitterness or all kinds of things that can come from it. And so the what is honor. Honor your parents. Honor your father and your mother. So some would say, so what's the connection between honoring them and obeying them? Uh, Do I have to obey my parents? And and when does that line change? When do we move from, I got to do what they say, because they're my parents, to uh, things are different now? Um, You remember in um, Ephesians 6, 1 to 3, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. And so children are called to obey their parents. In Scripture, obedience carries with it the idea of absolute submission. It it Most often used in Scripture is when it talks about obeying your parents is used in reference to a child learning something from a parent. But it's also used in Scripture of Israel learning something from Yahweh. And so when does obedience and the necessity to do it When does it stop? I can say this with absolute confidence. You always need to try and obey your parents. But there will come a time when you're no longer under that obligation. But the obligation to honor them never stops. Well, so when do I not have to do it anymore? Some of you are like your teenager. I'm like, when, 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 when? Like this week, this week, this week. Um, Okay, for sure when you get married, it's over at that point. Leave and cleave. You're no longer under that same obligation. When the parents uh, show up at your home, you're newly married in November, and they say, hey, guess what? Uh, We've got a family trip to Winnipeg this year for Christmas. It's going to be awesome going to Winnipeg. That's where we're going. And you're like, uh, we got tickets booked and we're going to Florida for Christmas. Okay, now You're married now. You're under no obligation to go to Winnipeg. You should never be under any obligation to go to Winnipeg. But <laughs> in this case, you're under no obligation to go to Winnipeg. Because you're married now. You're making your own decisions. You're leaving and you're cleaving. Now, that's a humorous illustration, but it works itself out. And Sue and I have talked with people. who Moms and dads are coming and going, we're going to do this this weekend. And now it's like, no, we're not. No, we're not. And if you're a parent, do not throw up the you're not honoring me thing. It has nothing to do with honoring. We're still still responsible to honor. And we need to honor in the decisions we made. So when you get married, for sure, things change. But a spirit and an attitude of obedience still needs to be there. And that's true for all of us, wherever you find the line. Um, If you're living at home, if you're still living at home, you're you're a student, you're in university, and you're living at home, and you have a responsibility to obey your parents, you're living under their roof, If they're paying all of your bills, if they're writing the check for $15,000 each year for you to go off to university and they're paying all of your bills, they get a lot of say in what's going on. You've chosen to remain under them and get the benefits of those things. You need to stay under and get the benefits of obedience to them as well. You need to obey. Parents need to learn and wrestle with how I let that go and allow decisions to be made and all the rest. And if it's not eternal, let it go. But children, obey your parents in the Lord. If you can't take the responsibility on yourself, then you need to obey. If you're still in high school, you're living at home, they're paying the bills. You have a responsibility to obey your parents. And go, then I'll just move out. No, no, obey your parents. Unless your parents are calling you to do something that God's word says you cannot do, you're responsible to obey your parents. You're gonna learn great things in discipline. They're gonna help you in your walk in life. And it might seem painful and onerous even right now, but um, that's the responsibility. And so God's word teaches us that Children are to obey their their parents because it's the right thing to do. But there comes that line when it starts to change. Uh, Sue and I counsel with couples all of the time and, and they're wondering about getting married and one of the sets of the parents is just really struggling or maybe even standing in the way at first about things. And we always start with, you guys need to be praying about this, you need to be coming under in this, you need to be thinking about these things. But there comes a point where We have to do what we believe God has called us to do. So we're called to obey, but that changes in relationship. And so the sense of obedience might go away, but the responsibility and the command to honor never goes away. We are always called to honor. Well, that's the what, now the who. Honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and your mother. I'm not sure what else I can say about that. It's like, it's pretty clear. It's, uh, there's not a lot of, you don't need to take it apart. What did it mean when it was in the Hebrew? What did it mean when it was in the Greek? It, it meant honor your father and your mother. Got it? that's pretty straightforward. So I want to kind of go off on a little bit of a rabbit trail today because I haven't said anything about this recently. And there's a whole message that needs to come on this for our church down the road. But there's a lot going on in our society today about marriage and family and and what that looks like. And um, I think there's some things that I would like to just say that we would understand as a church Uh, We believe this is what God's word says about these things. And so here's the first thing. We believe that marriage is between one man and one woman. And it's set out in scripture. The plain reading of scripture makes that so very, very clear. We believe that it's the way that God designed it. And it's the foundation for family life. Two mommies does not equal a father and a mother. Two daddies does not equal a father and a mother. Gay marriage is wrong at its core. And like all sinful behavior, it needs to be addressed and needs to be dealt with. And I believe that to the core of my being. And I believe one day we're going to be held accountable for that before God. And probably not too long down the road, there's going to be a lot of pressure on the church, but it's what God's word says. And when are we going to stand for what God's word says? And, um, but having said that, I believe that we need bring truth and love in a fallen world. And I believe so often we become so antagonistic and so evil in the way we respond to these things that we lose our voice in these things. If there's a couple on your street who are gay and they are living together, they don't need to stop living together. They need Jesus Christ. We get the wrong things first. It's like trying to tell somebody you need to stop smoking or you need to get your hair cut or you need to, and we get the wrong things going at the wrong time in people's lives. What they need is redemption through the finished work of Jesus Christ, like everybody else in the world needs. And so lovingly, we need to bring the truth, we need to guard our hearts. I said this when we were preaching through Romans we need to love the sinner. And hate our own sin. Need to love the sinner and hate our own sin. And the more we hate our own sin, then we will speak out with truth and life, truth and love into the lives of other people about the things that are in their lives that we're trusting that God will do an amazing work in. Honor your father and your mother. How? How do we do that? Um, I want to walk us through uh, 10 things that I wrote down, 10, 10 ways that you can honor uh, your parents. And this is supposed to be really practical. You can write some of them down. Maybe you're already doing some of them. But the, it's a command. This is not an optional thing for us to do. Uh, this is what God calls us to do. So what does it look like? Well, these are some things I wrote down that it could look like. Here's the first one. By walking in a way that honors Christ. You want to honor your parents? Walk in a way that honors Jesus Christ, especially if your parents are believers. Now, that's an easy thing to take hold of, okay. But if my parents aren't Christians, does it still matter? It sure does, because God will use that in your life as an opportunity. We're going to come to it in the next point. But honor your father and your mother by the way you walk. I am a very privileged parent. Uh, Sue and I have two kids who love the Lord, who married two kids who love the Lord and are raising grandchildren to know and love the Lord. Okay, only God is awesome, but that's pretty close to awesome. And, and the, when our kids love Jesus Christ and walk in ways that are his ways, that honors us. And one of the greatest ways you can honor your parents is to live godly lives in a sinful world. Honor your parents by how you walk. Um, Honor your parents by speaking the truth and love to them. On your parents by speaking truth and love to them. Uh, this may be <clears throat> more for uh, people you're getting a little bit older, you're now in college, university, you're seeing some things, and you're you're wrestling through things and coming to, and you got to sit down, you talk about some things. Speak truth, but make sure that it's just so covered in the love of Jesus Christ. Speak truth and love to them. If your parents don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, the greatest thing you can possibly do for them is share the gospel with them. Now I realize they'll probably come to a place where it's like we don't want to hear that anymore. Don't talk to us about that anymore. And but you need to be faithful. You need to share the gospel. I'm doing a funeral this afternoon tonight for uh, one of the uh, families in our church. And uh, Sue and I met with the uh, couple on uh, Friday, and they were talking about what that will look like. And. Um, and this girl shared the gospel with her mom who was dying from cancer. And as far as she knows, her mom never trusted Christ. It's a very difficult, difficult day for them. But I sat across my desk from her and I asked her, did you share the gospel of Jesus Christ with your mom? And she said, yes, I did. Many times, many times. And she just doesn't know. She just doesn't have the confidence of knowing that her mom ever really put her faith in Christ. But she does have this confidence to know she did what she could do. And so to honor our parents, we need to be sure that we speak truth in love to them. Here's a third one. Parents aren't perfect. If you're a parent, you figured that out about day one of parenting. Um, If you're a student, you figured out about, you know, when you became about four, um, that your parents aren't perfect. And so here's what I would say to you. Parents aren't perfect. Forgive them. Forgive them. So much of it doesn't even really matter that much. And you're carrying something that went on a long time ago. I'm not talking about the person in the room who can hardly sit here and hear this message. We're coming back to you in a little bit. But for the rest of us, the most of us, be willing to forgive them, to be willing to extend grace and mercy to them. As you grow up and you have kids, you see how difficult it is and how much you're hoping one day somebody will extend some grace and some mercy to you. They're not perfect, forgive them. Here's another one. Talk talk positively about your parents. Talk positively about them. Both of my parents are in, in heaven now. Um, Honor your father and mother. Am I off the hook? No, not at all. I still need to honor my father and my mother. And I trust that what you've heard in the balance of all the things you've ever heard me talk about when I preach is how much I love my parents and what they did for us and introduced us to Christ and all this. I know last week I got off on the little thing about I had to wear a suit to church and grease my hair all up and they didn't quite get that all right on the Sabbath thing, but... Speak positively about them. Talk about your parents in ways that will honor them. Appreciate the good things. The things that they've done for you. The, the places that you've gone. The, the home that you had. The, all those things. You, start, you look back. You could write a list. And if most of us in the room could write a list. And it would be pages and pages long if we ever stopped and really thought about it. Honor them. And appreciate them. And then do something about it is the uh, sixth thing. The fifth one is appreciate. Then the sixth one is do something as an act of kindness. Remember, honor your father and your mother is a verb. And so if all you ever do is go out from this message and go, yeah, yeah, I really appreciate my mom and dad. Oh, yeah, I really, you missed it. There needs to be some action attached to, to what we're hearing. You need to do something. You need to speak words to them. You need to do an act of kindness for them. Um, you could write a tribute to them. What year was it, Sue? You wrote those in 2000, 2002. Sue uh, first wrote one to her dad. And, uh, and then later on that year, she wrote one to her mom and, uh, and sat down and just what they meant to her. And uh, what an amazing thing. See, too many people stand at the graveside or at the funeral home and are I wished I had said, I wished I had done. And the eulogy is really filled with, I wished they knew this instead of stopping and telling them now. And so when you uh, do the eulogy for your mom or your dad, it's really just a report on what you had already told them. How much you appreciated them and how much they loved on you and how faithful they were. And if they introduced you to Jesus Christ, just the working of that and how much difference that made in, in your life. Honor your father and your mother. Here's another one. Keep your parents connected with your family. Uh, keep your parents connected with your family. Our kids love to do that. They love to get together and we're a part of that. And I love to be with them when we get together together. Um, Uh, We're going up to see uh, Beth and Josh and our grandchildren tomorrow and uh, to spend time with them. Uh, Stay connected with your family. And number eight, do what it takes to care for them. Do what it takes to care for them. In other words, serve them. You're all very aware Sue's going through her dad is not doing well and in his 80s and he's declining and there's a lot of what she needs to do we need to do right now to take care of him and and to serve him and and we love to do it it's not easy it's not fun to watch it's not but it's what we need to do it's how we honor how we honor him and uh but you don't have to wait there can be a need that they have and you step in and you do it now um uh, Carl's, my son's uh, father-in-law, had surgery a couple of weeks ago, and um, his grass needs cutting. He has a kind of a, a hobby farm. He has a business he runs from it, and there's a lot of grass to be cut. And as Carl's been going, and it's a riding more, so it's not like he's really sacrificing, but he's going. And it takes three hours to cut the grass, and, uh, and he's going, and he's doing it. Why? Because he's honoring his father-in-law. There's a need and he's honoring. Now, I notice he's not getting in his car and driving up and cutting my grass. Uh, As a matter of fact, from the time he left Burlington, he could drive all the way to our house, cut the grass, rake it, and be home in three hours. My lawn's only as big as this part of the platform, for Pete's sake. And okay, I don't need that right now, but his father in law does and he wants to honor him. Uh, What are the things you could be doing right now? That would show honor to your parents. Do what it takes to care for them. Here's one more, I uh, the ninth one. Teach your children to honor your parents. Teach your children to honor your parents. And most of that's going to be caught by what you do, but um, how are you teaching your kids to honor grandma and grandpa? And then the last one, if the first one is to walk in a way that honors Christ, the, the last one is to pray for them. Pray for them. You need to bring them before the Lord. They're, they're, they're your parents. And we're called to honor them. Even in the most difficult times, we still are called to pray. No regrets. No regrets. At the end of their days, the end of your days, whoever goes first, no regrets. No regrets when it comes to what God has called us to in honoring our parents. Well, that's the how. The next point of the message is honor the roadblocks. What are the roadblocks? Um, And for some, the roadblocks are pride. Um, Others, it might be selfishness. And as you're hearing this message, you're just on that. Of course, look, my mom and dad really didn't do anything. I'm a self-made person. I don't need to honor. Yes, you do. And don't let selfishness and, and don't let pride get in the way of how you would honor them. But another roadblock is past pain and hurt. 1 Peter 3, 9 says, Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a Blessing. Over in Romans uh, chapter 12 um, and verses um, 17 to 21, it says this. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord." To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And this is where I want to talk to some in the room who all of this message so far is like, I can't, I can't, I can't. If you knew what my dad did to me, if you knew what my mom allowed my dad to do to me, if you knew what a family member did to me and my parents didn't step in and help, I want to very lovingly and carefully um, speak to you today Um, because this isn't easy for you, but it doesn't change the command. It doesn't change the responsibility to honor your mother and father if you had physical or emotional or sexual or mental abuse. For some, it's been tough. And that's not been my experience, but we're still called to respond. And we're still called to live out in a way that would bring glory to God. And so let me give you some uh, principles that maybe will help you along on the journey. Um, If you've been devastated, I want to speak lovingly to you. If you've been devastated. But if you're just being an idiot, suck it up and honor your parents. I didn't like the way they treated me. Get over yourself. Honor your parents. Well, they really didn't do much for me. Really? They brought you into this world. Honor your parents. But if you've been hurt and you've been devastated, there's some things you need to know. First, here's the first one. You never honor sin. You never honor sin. You're not being called to do that. You're not being asked to do that. We never honor sin. Here's the next thing. We never deny or ignore that it happened. We're not going into denial. We're not going to pretend it didn't happen. It happened. It can't be denied. Here's another one. You never blame yourself. If you were abused as a child, if you were, you don't blame yourself. I know it can happen. I know that I know the mind that goes, oh, well, maybe I did something. Maybe it's partly my fault. It's like, no. If you were abused, you were abused. It's not your fault. You were a child. Don't blame yourself. Here's another one. Never make yourself vulnerable to hurtful behavior. I'm not asking you to go back and step into a thing where you're going to be abused physically or emotionally or in any way. And one of the ones that's a real struggle for people is, uh, well, what about my kids? If this happened to me, you never risk someone else being hurt like you were. Never. 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 Forgiveness does not mean it didn't happen. And so honor, your parents, becomes part of a process of your sanctification and your growing up in Jesus Christ. I was talking to someone this week who uh, told me when their a father deserted their family. And how hard and how difficult that was and how much anger there was and how he couldn't get over it. And, and here's a huge step and a huge reality you have to come to to understand even the beginning of being able to honor your parents in this kind of a situation. And it's you have to take a look at yourself and what the Lord Jesus Christ did for you. You have to start by seeing how separated from God you were, how wretched you were, how undeserving you were, and and what God did for you. Uh, That's the beginning of understanding how I can honor someone who's done something to me that was so dishonoring. You need to pray for your own heart to be changed. God, help me to get to a place where I could even think again about honoring someone who hurt me. Do they have to be held accountable? Do they need to be taken? All those things need to be dealt with. All of that needs to be part of the journey. But the reality is we're still called before God to honor our parents. Pray for them. Pray for them. And then coming to the place of f- forgiving them. I read this article this week. There's this paragraph in it. I thought it was really good. It says, When we forgive, we are confessing that vengeance is God's. When we forgive, we're confessing that vengeance is God's. We don't need to exact justice from anyone else. We don't need to exact justice from a fellow believer because justice has already fallen at the cross. And we don't need to exact vengeance from an unbeliever because we know the sin against us will be judged in hell. Or for an unbeliever, because we know the sin against us, um, or hopefully, For an unbeliever, when the offender unites himself to the one who is the propitiation of our sins, and not to ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I shall repay. We've got some people in our church who are on this journey who've gone through this in difficulty, and, and God is helping them in baby steps to move forward. And they got to a place where they couldn't even mention their parents' names without being angry and hurt and crying out and all the rest, to starting to try and make a contact. And how can I say a word of, and just growing in this and the freedom that they get from that? Because what's happening is you're carrying around all of this hurt and all of this turmoil and all of this bitterness and all of this anger and there's no joy in your life vengeance is mine saith the lord were you hurt yes it was devastating i can't even imagine it and i don't pretend to understand your pain but i know where vengeance belongs and it's not in us it's in god's hands and just like you could trust him to save you you need to be able to trust him that he will take care of this too and learn to release and forgive forgiving one another Ephesians 4:32 says just as in Christ God forgave you sin needs to be confronted but that doesn't undo the command of God to honor honor your father and your mother so what's the result What's the result? It says that your days may be long in the land. Um, in Ephesians, Paul said uh, that it may go well with you. Well, does he get to add to the Old Testament? He didn't actually. Uh, that's actually found in Deuteronomy five sixteen in the Ten Commandments there. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So... Is this a promise that if I honor my parents, I'm not going to get hit by a bus next week and I'm going to live to be 90 years old? No. In the command it says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land. And God was talking about what was coming for them and, and what would happen for them. And as a nation... What's going to happen? Well, if you get the roots right, if you get the foundations right, when I put you into the land, your days are going to be long in that land. It's going to be good for you. It's going to be right for you. It's not a promise that if I honor my parents, I won't get hit by a bus. I won't get sick. It's a promise of God's care and is watching over us and is ordering our steps. Some of you have already had consequences because of your unwillingness to do this. You made decisions when you were a a teenager or a college student, and, and there are ramifications of those decisions that are going to go on for the rest of your life. They're not eternal, but rebellion is costly. And some of you have already paid some major price for that in your own life. Because ultimately, this kind of rebellion is a rebellion against God when we don't honor our parents. He says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land is the the promise, it's the, I am with you. When you are honoring your parents, I'm on your side. And when you're not honoring your parents, you're on your own. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long on the earth. That your days may be long in the land. Lots of people can honor their parents just because their parents were okay people. But ultimately, we can honor our parents because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the greatest message we can give to them. The greatest way I already said you can honor them is through the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But if you're hearing this message today and you're wrestling with, I can't get there, I can't get there, I can't get there, go back to the gospel. Go back to the working of Jesus Christ in your life. Get back to how you didn't earn and you didn't deserve and God's grace was poured out on you and God's mercy was poured out on you. You were a sinner separated from God. You had no hope and Jesus Christ died so that you could have eternal life. That's what he did for you. And now we're called to be people who God who live out of that truth and out of that, that, um, that hope. See, we all love the gospel when it's cute and it's like, oh yeah, I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. The gospel is the reality of how we live our lives every day. And today, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ... His work finished on the cross is the greatest picture of forgiveness and redemption and hope and mercy and grace. And today, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. But hey, Harvest, it's the foundation out of where we live our lives. And it's the foundation when things are good and it's the foundation when things are difficult. Well, so what? So what? Well, the first thing is the revelation. The revelation is obvious. Honor your father and your mother. And now the confrontation. We now face the vertical commands. It's one thing to do what God requires about him. But now we face the horizontal commands. And it's like, here's the confrontation. What am I going to do as it relates to honoring my parents? And the instruction is show respect, to prize them, to revere, to show great value in your action, in your words, in your deeds, and the transformation, it will free you. And it will honor Jesus Christ. And God will be glorified when we are people of God who live out for his fame and his glory by honoring our parents. My mom and dad are gone. My mom and dad are in heaven, for which I am so grateful. But honoring them doesn't stop. Everybody in the room has that responsibility at whatever stage of life you are at. Honor your father and your mother. Let's pray. Lord, this is your word. And it's not an easy word for some in the room today. And Lord, I so want to love on them and encourage them and seek to help them too. What's the baby steps they could take? What's the beginning they can take so that their joy is not robbed, so that a root of bitterness that's growing in them is broken and the freedom they can have to worship you and live out for you. and Lord, would you do your work in your way and us today? Some in the room just need to get over themselves and I need to honor my parents because I am so Blessed. Others do very well at this, Lord, and I pray that we might see it in them and we might be encouraged by it. We might even model um, uh, from what we learn in them. But Lord, wherever we are, whatever our stage is, would you work in us to be people who honor our father and our mother? Not because I want to, because I need to. Because you command it in us. the one who's like, I can't, I can't, I can't. Lord, they can't. They can't. But with your help, we can. So use your spirit, God, in us to reveal the steps we can take to get the help so that, Lord, the freedom can come, the joy can be back, that Jesus Christ would be exalted and all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.